And now for a sweet surprise. A cake maker in Tainan has launched a cake with a very unusual theme. He's been making cakes in special shapes for 20 years, and his latest creation is a big bowl of milkfish kanji. It's full of seafood goodies, which look salty but taste sweet. Let's take a look. Open the box to reveal the milkfish kanji cake. On top, fish more and oysters, as well as crispy fried shallots. It looks savory, but when you smell it, it's sweet. They really captured the essence of all the kanji toppings. So when I saw it, I immediately knew it was meant to be milkfish kanji. The milkfish is made of fondant, which is very malleable. The scales are then drawn on. The oyster's layers are made of fondants of three different colors. Everyone thinks it looks like kanji. It's such fun because you get a visual clash. Salty kanji should be savory, but our cakes are almost all sweet. The grains of rice are also distinct. It's so creative. I didn't know cakes could be made like this. The chef told us he makes the kanji itself from pectin and popcorn. The seafood elements are made of chocolate, pudding and fruits. Next time you feel like a sweet treat in Tainan, why not get together with friends for some kanji? Open House Taipei will kick off again in November. Open House Taipei is an annual event that allows visitors to tour architectural gems or other spaces that are usually closed to the public. In the first half of November, visitors will be able to tour 111 places in Taipei and New Taipei. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us to several of these venues for a sneak peek. The National Concert and Theatre Hall's basement is usually closed off to the public, but during Open House Taipei, it will be open to the public for the first time. Two of the locations that will be open to the public during Open House Taipei are backstage areas in the National Concert Hall and National Theatre Hall, both in the grounds of Liberty Square. The two halls have planned three warm-up events from November 5th to November 6th, ahead of the Open House Taipei weekend, which this year runs from November 12th to November 13th. This includes inviting various performance groups to discuss their professional experiences. The two of us are musicians that play antique instruments. I play the piano and he plays the flute, so we can share a lot of interesting stories that we've learned from the past about people who play different types of instruments or people in different fields of music. As a musician, uh, our aspect will be how can we, uh, how can we communicate with each other, uh, with musicians. So uh, our topic will be, um, our script will be uh, how, how, how do we learn each other from musicians to musicians, and how can we communicate with different instruments. What we are going to do is to uh, introduce a little bit the, the, the music and the dance, the, the, the history of it, and we will teach a little bit the, the, the movement so that the people can improvise to, the, to an orchestra, live orchestra, that will be the third part of the event. Everyone will think that the National Theatre Hall and National Concert Hall are very artsy places. But in fact, art can also be very entertaining. During the era of Shakespeare, watching plays amounted to mass entertainment. Everyone would gather together to discuss them. We will explain incidents that have happened in the auditoriums of the National Theatre and Concert Halls and the changes in ticket prices in Taiwan theatres over the years. Several spaces that are newly renovated at the Songsan Cultural and Creative Park will also be open for the public to tour. They refurbish and open some new corners every year. So, uh, uh, like in this, in this year, 
they they finally reopen their Songyan Dadao. Let me see the 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 main the major pathway of, of this uh, cultural park. Uh, it, it's been closed for 11 years. Open House Taipei will be held again from November 12th to 13th. The theme of the event is Social Taipei. The event will open up 111 spaces in Taipei and New Taipei to visitors. The sites include the Grand Hotel Secret Tunnels, the Taipei MRT's Beitou Depot, the Presidential Suite of the Region Hotel, and more. Uh, there are up to uh, more than 100 uh, locations that open their, their office, or open their backstage, or open their uh, repair facilities to all the citizens. So it's a, a new strategy, a new uh, approach for people to know the city, know, know the architecture and the, the built environment, and uh, open a new conversation about the uh, space owners, uh, those owners and the uh, city governments. In 1992, the first ever open house began in London, kicking off these global architectural events. Taiwan launched open house Taipei for the first time in 2020, with nearly 30,000 people participating. With Taiwan Opening up borders in mid-October, the event hopes to attract more people to visit Taiwan. This is Stephanie Yang and Ye Tsonghao reporting in Taipei. Cathay United Bank says it has several plans laid out for when its contract for co-branded credit cards with big box retailer Costco expires in August 2023. Already, reports say that Taipei Fubang Bank has voiced interest in entering an agreement for more than 1.2 billion NT. Cathay United Bank says it's ready for any scenario, be it with or without a renewal. Let's hear from the bank. We have made preparations for plans for both if we get a renewal or not. A new contract would come with new rules and plans. If there's no renewal, we may just issue our own cube cards. We're expecting to announce the new benefits for next year around early December. We'll be making some adjustments based on our clients' preferences. On its official website, Cathay United Bank has announced that its online banking brand Coco will be merging with its Cube app. The app will suspend operations in the fourth quarter of 2023. Until then, the bank will be promoting its Cube card, which could replace the co-branded card with Costco. According to the government data, Cathay United Bank has the second highest number of credit cards in use in Taiwan. If Taipei Fubang Bank, which has the fifth highest number, takes over the contract with Costco, it would gain 2.5 million cards and push Cathay down in the rankings. The first ever Asian American figure is soon to appear on a U.S. coin. Anna Mae Wong, star of Hollywood's Golden Age, will appear on a special commemorative quarter. Wong was considered the first Chinese-American movie star in Hollywood. She made more than 60 films in Europe and America, including Starry Alongside, Marlene Dietrich in Shanghai Express. U.S. quarters made before 1964 all contain at least 40% real silver. The value of old coins like this is always growing. Now, the U.S. Mint is producing a new series of quarters commemorating great American women, including the first Asian American on a U.S. coin. A new face is coming to U.S. currency. Actress Anna Mae Wong will appear on the back of the quarter starting on Monday. The silver screen star of the 1920s and 30s is the first Asian American 
with her magnetic gaze and her chin resting on a slim wrist. Wong's portrait is the picture of elegance. Wong was Hollywood's first Asian-American actress. She featured in more than 60 productions, both silent movies and black and white films before her death in 1961. Now she is the first Asian-American to feature on a US coin. The Mint is not releasing many of these coins, but the problem is people are collecting U.S. currency all over the world, especially if there is an Asian person pictured on the coin. After 10 or 20 years, there will be fewer of them in circulation. If you buy one now, you should maintain it brand new and take care of it, and in the future, it will be extremely valuable. It represents an integration of race or a cultural integration in the U.S. People are working really hard to gain more recognition for that. Of course, currently what people are probably more concerned about is the future trends of the U.S. dollar. The greenback is going strong right now against many Asian currencies. Financial markets are keen on the U.S. dollar. And now, with Wong's help, coin collectors might be even more keen on the quarter, too. Taiwan shares continued on their downward trend on Tuesday as economists expect the U.S. Fed to raise interest rates again next week. The TIEX closed down at 12,666 points on turnover of 188.5 billion NT. TSMC shares closed down at 371 NT, shrinking the firm's market value by 414.8 billion NT. Let's hear from an analyst. Asian markets are more affected by global capital flows. I think the scope by which Taiwan shares could continue falling is quite limited. They'll probably weaken and fluctuate as they reconsolidate. From past records, the Taiwan market has never seen two straight years of decline. Asian markets have been feeling the brunt of the U.S.'s sharp interest rate. The analyst says uncertainties may start dissipating after electronics firms announce their earnings reports. He says then TSMC shares may be able to stage a rebound, but for now he advises investors to be conservative. A highlight of this year's National Day celebrations was the show-stopping turn from Kyoto Tachibana High School marching band. The Japanese students amazed Taiwan with their music and dance number as part of the annual festivities. Now, a documentary chronicling their trip from Kyoto to Taipei has been released by the Journal Association of Chinese Culture. Let's take a sneak peek at the movie now. The film crew of the GACC visited Kyoto Tachibana High in September. Now, the full documentary has been revealed. Apparently, we will go to perform at the Taiwan National Day celebrations. It's an enormous opportunity, and I feel very honored. can't wait to give everyone in Taiwan an enjoyable performance. We will give it our all. We're really looking forward to meeting you. The Orange Devils, as they're known, were thrilled to be invited to take part in Taiwan's National Day Parade. I'm so happy to be invited to join in such a big event. The students arrived in Taiwan full of eager anticipation. The film shows their six days in the country, including visiting the presidential office and even meeting President Tsai Ing-wen. 
jaw-droppingly sunny and bombastic show at the National Day celebration has won the millions of Taiwanese fans overnight. The GACC even arranged commemorative stamps of Kyoto Tachibana High, unveiling them as the students boarded their plane home. With cries of, I don't want to leave, the band bid Taiwan goodbye for now. Ukrainian lawmaker Kira Rudik, who is currently in Taiwan on Tuesday, visited the legislative Yuen. There she thanked democracies from around the world, including Taiwan, for their help during Russia's invasion of Ukraine by donating funds and weapons and accepting refugees. She stressed that Ukraine would prevail, as especially in recent days, Ukrainian troops have been recovering territories occupied by Russia. The lawmaker was received at the Legislative Yuan by Speaker Yoshi Kun and was joined by the Vice Chair of the Lithuanian Parliament's European Affairs Committee. Back in August, the Ukrainian Parliament formed a pro-Taiwan caucus, hoping to promote closer relations between the two countries. It had announced it would send a delegation of lawmakers to Taiwan, but plans were presumably put on hold amid pressure from China's embassy in Ukraine. Now, although it's just one lawmaker traveling to Taiwan, Rudik's visit is a sign of warming bilateral ties. Two months ago, the Presbyterian Church in Taiwan and other activists donated hospital beds to Ukraine, which have now arrived in Kyiv. The church said Taiwanese hospital beds are already used wide, widely used in Europe, and it hopes the beds will be helpful in Ukraine, where war-related injuries are mounting. Instead of modern electric hospital beds, the donation comprises of hand-cranked alternatives given the power outages Ukraine is facing due to Russian attacks on infrastructure. The church said Taiwan must help Ukraine, just as the world will help Taiwan if it comes under attack from China. A robotic arm works away at a factory making hospital bed frames. Taiwan-made hospital beds are internationally renowned. And these ones were sent to Ukraine thanks to the efforts of the Presbyterian Church in Taiwan and other Taiwanese activists. The group had been actively working to donate hospital beds to help Ukraine. Two months ago, 154 Taiwan-made hospital beds were packed into a shipping container and sent to Ukraine. Now, 60 days later, the beds have finally arrived. The beds have arrived in Kyiv, and now they must be sent to hospitals in five parts of the country. Facing threats from China, we in Taiwan also have to be prepared, and we have to offer our full support to our friends. We believe that if anything happens to Taiwan, our friends around the world will also come together to lend us their support. On the ground in Kyiv, locals pose for a photograph holding large Taiwan and Ukraine national flags. They offer thanks for the donation of hospital beds, which will be put to use treating people injured in bombings. It turns out that many of the hospital beds in use in Europe are made in Taiwan. We worked out the costs and decided that it would be most effective to have the beds made and sent directly to Ukraine from the Taiwanese factory. We also considered that given the power outages Ukraine is facing, rather than send the electric hospital beds Taiwan normally makes, it would be better to send hand-cranked beds. With Ukraine still in the throes of war, the Presbyterian Church decided Taiwan must help out. It believes that if Taiwan finds itself in its own time of need, the world will unite to provide Taiwan with assistance. 
pro-China sentiment is slipping around the world, according to a recent poll conducted by the University of Cambridge. The change in opinion was particularly significant in countries such as the U.S., U.K., and France, where support for China has dropped to 18 percent, 11 percent, and 17 percent. That's in contrast with 2019, when about 30 percent of respondents in these three countries had favorable views on China. A recent poll conducted in different countries shows the world's opinion on China has soured. The poll was conducted by the University of Cambridge. It shows how opinions on China have changed from 2019. In the U.S., only 18 percent of respondents expressed pro-China sentiment, down from 27 percent three years ago. In France, the 36 percent from 2019 dropped to 17 percent. In Germany, the change was from 30 percent to 13 percent. And in the U.K., from 35 percent to only 11 percent. The same poll asked respondents whether they felt Taiwan should be assisted in the event of a Chinese invasion attempt. In the U.S., 50 percent answered yes. That was also the majority opinion in the U.K., with 51 percent. In Australia, with 62 percent. In Sweden, with 55 percent. And in Denmark, with 51 percent. Support was high in Asian countries such as India, with 51 percent, and Japan, with 55 percent and even higher in Kenya and Nigeria, with 63 percent and 60 percent of respondents saying yes, respectively. At the closing ceremony of the 20th National Congress of the Chinese Communist Party on Sunday, staff ushered Chinese leader Hu Jintao out of the venue, capturing headlines around the world. Analysts say the incident had a deep significance. It was really quite unbelievable because in the past, the CCP wouldn't publicly take such actions against former leaders, especially with international media presence. What that tells us is that in humiliating Hu Jintao like that in front of the whole world, Xi Jinping was saying to everyone, from now on, I call the shots. In 2012, when Hu Jintao stepped down, he passed on the positions of CCP General Secretary, National President, and Central Military Commission Chair all onto Xi Jinping. So Xi should be grateful to him. But instead, he acted with vengeance toward him. The experts say Chinese leader Xi Jinping may have had Hu removed to humiliate the former leader. A Taiwanese general says the KMT should take note and not place hope in the CCP. In Xi Jinping's eyes, even Hu Jintao can't be tolerated. Do you expect that he can tolerate Taiwanese calling for different interpretations of what China is? Can he tolerate the 1992 consensus or the continued existence of two political regimes? As Xi enters his third term as Chinese leader, Taiwan remains prepared for rising tensions while demonstrating its unwavering resolve to defend its sovereignty. The 11th Global Assembly of the World Movement for Democracy opened on Tuesday, with more than 200 democracy activists from more than 70 countries. President Tsai Ing-wen gave an address at the opening ceremony where she stated that Taiwan's resolve to support democracy had not been shaken by China's continued threats. She stressed that Taiwan would continue to fight against forces that try to harm democracy. The 11th Global Assembly of the World Movement for Democracy has kicked off in Taiwan. At the opening ceremony, President Tsai Ing-wen gave an address where she touched on current global affairs and Taiwan's challenges. In recent years, Taiwan has been confronted by increasingly aggressive threats from China, from military intimidation, cyber attacks, and economic coercion to gray zone activities and influence operations. All our attempts to instill fear, 
create doubts and obliterate our citizens' confidence about what we have been working so hard for. That is our democratic way of life. In front of more than 200 foreign delegates from more than 70 countries, Tsai warned the international community about the Chinese threat, while stressing that the people of Taiwan remain determined to hold fast to democracy. With the recent closing of the 20th National Congress of the Chinese Communist Party, cross-strait relations have once again become the center of attention. However, even under constant threats, the people of Taiwan have never shied away from the challenges of the authoritarian interference. Instead, the Taiwanese met them head on and fought against forces looking to undermine our hard-earned democracy. The room gave Tsai a standing ovation. The next speaker was Nobel Peace Prize winner Maria Ressa, who praised Taiwan as the best location to hold the assembly. There is no better place to do this than in Taiwan, Madam President. It is where David wins against Goliath, where collective action wins over manipulation. Instead of scaring Taiwan into a corner, China's intimidation has only served to bring supporters of democracy closer together.